unpopular opinion, but she is definitely one of my top three favorite characters in this show. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Art of Costume Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I'm Spencer Williams. Elizabeth, hello. Spencer, how's it going? It's going. I am so excited for this episode. I feel like I've been preparing for it for like two weeks now. And I've just like really <laughs> been buzzing to talk to you. <laughs> I know. I know. We started talking before and you were like, no, like we got to wait. And <laughs> I am so excited. Cause, and let's just jump into it this week. This week... <laughs> We she watched, just can't even wait. I we just can't. have to get into it. <laughs> I can't. This week we watched Penny Dreadful. Oh, finally. I mean, I hope everyone listening watched Penny Dreadful. We gave them a week, so I get it. It was rough, but yeah, well, maybe two weeks if you listened, watched our Instagram live. Um, yeah. Man, the show is so good. I missed it so much. It is yeah. so underrated. It's criminal. It really is. And I'm like, I feel like because it was on Showtime, it like did not get the credit it deserved, maybe. Because right. like Showtime has like some really good shows, but like I feel like people don't talk about Showtime as much as like HBO or Star, like some of the other like premium services. Oh, yeah. Showtime has, it's like, it's kind of like a treasure trove. I mean, was Dexter mm-hmm. on Showtime? I think so. I think it was. And George and Tammy, that Mitchell Travers mm-hmm. designer costumes for, that is an absolute gem. Uh, so Penny Dreadful is definitely a hidden secret. And it yeah. is, I forgot how much of like a spooky season perfect watch it yes. is. It has it all. It has vampires, werewolves, Dracula's here. And he's not here. We got ghosts, witches, even some wild west shootouts with rattlesnakes everything you want we have it all (laughs) it's it's all in there it's all in there and i forgot how good all the actors are and the sets and the costumes and the lighting like it's one of those shows where you're like wow everything came together like perfectly right and still was very ghosted at the (laughs) emmys somehow yeah <laughs> literally i i looked them up and they got like they did the uh hair makeup and like special effects makeup mm-hmm. they got lots of nominations which like yes like yeah deserved fantastic deserved mm-hmm. their title sequence got a nomination very good again very know. good some of their music <laughs> incredible deserved <laughs> i'm sorry where is eva green's nomination yeah, not a single one no not a single one and the costumes weren't nominated even once no. <laughs> we're already jumping far ahead but not even once and she was nominated for our costume designers guild award twice i believe which thank you costume designers guild this is why we love you not a single mm, i'm mad like it's 2016 all over again i'm ready to break yes. a table <laughs> Because like it's so good and it's so well thought out and they I people were just like huh I should have looked to see like what other shows were on I'm like I'm oh, sure well, like Game of Thrones was like yeah that's what it is it cleaning this up show came down during the era of Game of Thrones and The Crown and Marvelous Miss Maisel so 
Um, at least but in terms still. of like period type shows, you know, if you yeah. consider Game of Thrones a period, but uh, yeah, they're cleaning up at this time. So I get it, which is why I said nominee. It should have been at yes. least. <laughs> it's definitely Absolutely. up for consideration. But all that aside, I'll try not to get too far into it, but lots of thoughts and feelings this week. Haven't been sleeping, just been watching Penny Dreadful every waking second of my life. It's a bit depressing, but I'm happy I did it. (laughs) That is true. Like, if you are in a mood for something uplifting, don't watch Penny Dreadful. (laughs) This isn't for you. You might as well just listen to this podcast and we'll just, (laughs) we'll break it down for you. Yeah. Yeah. Spencer, (laughs) let's start breaking it down with a summary. All right. Let's get into it. Many people are familiar with the classic literary characters like Dr. Frankenstein, Dorian Gray, and Dracula. Penny Dreadful brings those and other characters into a new light by exploring their origin stories in this psychological thriller that takes place in the dark corners of Victorian London. Sir Malcolm is an explorer who has lost his daughter, Mina Harker, to the city's creatures, and he will do whatever is needed to get her back and to right past wrongs. His accomplice, the seductive clairvoyant Vanessa Ives, recruits charming American Ethan Chandler to help locate Sir Malcolm's daughter and slay some monsters. And then a season goes by and it's a lot of slaying monsters. (laughs) A lot of slaying monsters. A lot of Vanessa trying to not be possessed by the devil. Trying not to be possessed, but she has a certain thing that really turns that switch on, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Very relatable. Uh, This this is not not a PG program, my friends. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, let's go behind the costumes. We have series creator John Logan and costume designer Gabriella Pescucci. (laughs) Our girl... We've talked about her before, and you'll tell us, you'll tell her why, but like, this looks like her work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She is incredible. And you might know her from her work on The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, which is an Oscar nominee. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hadn't heard of it, but I'm like, now I need to go see it if she got nominated for a whole Oscar. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, 1993's The Age of Innocence, for which she won an Oscar. Dangerous Beauty, one of our childhood favorites, Van Helsing. Woo! Pew, pew, pew! (laughs) (laughs) Charlie and the Chocolate Factory from 2005 got her another Oscar nomination. That's a The Brothers Grimm. Mm -hmm. Oh, we have to do The Brothers Grimm still. That's on the list. We do. Uh, she also did Beowulf, Agora, and the TV show The Borgia, mm. which I've always wanted to watch. I watched the Netflix Borgia TV show. I really want to watch this one. Mm. I mean, you know, if she designed a costume, it must be good. That's how I see it. <laughs> You're like, I'm there. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love Charlie and Chocolate Factory, by the way. And I stupidly always thought it was a Colleen Atwood film because it's Tim Burton but no it's Gabriella and she killed it and she got an Oscar nomination for it and she deserves it yes and everyone go go look at her IMDB page 
Because quite frankly, this is like a small selection of her work. She has done so much and a lot of like notable things. I was like, I just have to like pick like <laughs> the most notable. <laughs> just the ones I was like, that we you only have pronounce. so much time. Yeah, <laughs> that too. But yeah, because she's, th- she's done a lot of foreign films, which I'm like, this makes me want to go watch some foreign films, which is not oh, yeah. usually like not a big fan of subtitles. So I'm like, <laughs> I might need to make an effort. <laughs> For Penny Dreadful, Gabriella, she had a whole bunch of of inspiration to draw from because this is the era of Victorian London. Uh, She used inspiration from French Impressionist artist Pierre-Gusto René, Claude Monet, and many others. Uh, she cited the aesthetic principles of Impressionism, which focus on illustration of movement and contours at complement the brooding romanticism that characterized most of Victorian era culture. Uh, she also looked very closely at Gustave Doré's illustrations of 19th century London. And I'm like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I love this era. And you could tell it's very thoroughly researched. Um, Victorian London. It's it's a time. It's a time. It is a time and a place. And it's like, <laughs> as soon as you start to mention those like painters, it's like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And she said to IndieWire, I took elements and details from all. So there is not something that is totally inspired by a certain picture, which I'm like, I really appreciate that because it is really like a melding of all these different looks and ideas. And the main idea behind Penny Dreadful were the Victorian era Penny Dreadful stories, Wow, uh, which Gabriella spoke to Variety about. She said... I did look carefully at the Penny Dreadful drawings. They are very iconic and a little over the top. The purpose was to scare and impress the readers, but I have tried to give more, a more realistic impression. Mm. Oh man. I love that. I would love to get my hands on like some of these drawings too, to see them. I'm sure I could Google them, but yeah. Uh, we're looking at some examples right now and they're very spooky, very over the top and ironic. Like she mentioned, (laughs) Yeah, you could definitely, she had a lot to work with going into Penny Dreadful. Yeah, absolutely. And we are going to get into it as we go through the series season by season. Oh yeah. We have a lot to cover and I know the audience is very excited. I put out uh, some moments on, social media so our listeners could <laughs> could let us know their excitement for example cambria3218 on instagram said it was such a gabriella is such a talented designer i love to design lines and embellishments which i couldn't mm. agree more can't wait to get into it uh entropy d on instagram said deeply emotional feast for the eyes and ears of gothic horror lovers which that should have yes. been on the poster. <laughs> yes. And then just getting into like what we're talking about in terms of costumes. I asked people, what are your favorite costumes before you get into this? 
And a longtime listener, Robert J.C. Pugh, said, anything and everything Ava Green wears, which, yeah, I mean, that sums up the rest of this podcast, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. With that being said, let's take a break and contemplate all these costumes that Vanessa Eyes wears. to the sunny Victorian London full of smiling faces and cheerful gatherings. Um, I think you're a little bit confused, but yes, a a, uh, a cloudy London day I am ready for. Oh man, this, this paints a very uh, bleak picture of Victorian London, which, you know, I'm sure is very accurate, but it's like, man, I feel like <laughs> I kept thinking about this. I feel like in my past life, I must have been like a Victorian London kid named Toby who like had consumption because <laughs> I just feel very connected to this era. I love everything about it, but it's also just so sad and tragic. You're like, I understand this. <laughs> I, I'm like one of those people, like if I could travel to the past, I absolutely would. But I'm like, would only ever want to be rich, rich. Right. Because well, even the then, Sir Malcolm Rich, where he just sits in that nice house and is like, I'm going to go yes. to Africa tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I would only want to be that. But then, because even for those people, it really sucks too, because Vanessa Ives is not doing well. No, <laughs> this Vanessa Ives is not doing well, but she looks, well, I can't even say that. I was going to say she looks consistently go- good through the whole thing, but that's not even true. She really goes through it at times. Uh, oh, yeah. But on a good day, Vanessa Ives is everything. Killing to me. it. I mean, first of all, I should say that Ava Green has always been my number one celebrity crush. Not Christine Baranski. <laughs> not like those are fun, you know, but Ava Green has always been my number one and is because of. Well, actually, before Penny Dreffel, she did uh, that Shadows movie, which is escaping my head all of a sudden. Um, the one with Johnny Depp, Tim Burton, Helena Bonham Carter. It's a good one. It'll come to me. <laughs> I'm sure everyone <laughs> listening right now is like, what? When she was in 300, the second 300 movie, when she's Artemisia, the warrior. Oof. And then we have Penny Dreadful, and she is just... Vanessa Ives for life. Absolutely. And Gabriella talked about the inspiration for Vanessa to variety saying Vanessa is a young tormented woman who doesn't (laughs) like the superfluous, which women's fashion was full of in the 1890s. At that time, black was a widely used color and not only for mourning the elegant physicality and the pale color of Eva's skin led me to choose dark colors for her, which it works. I mean, she was made for this role. Yes. And I love first off the textures. Like, I don't think she puts anything on her body that doesn't have some sort of like texture to it. 
Oh, yeah. Like, that's beautiful, and it gives so much depth to the costumes. That's not always there. (laughs) But then also, like, the colors. Like, I feel like that's Gabriella's. Like, that's one of the things she does best is color. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love the use of color and the use of texture. I mean, everything she wears feels like art consistently throughout the whole thing. Yeah. She's very um, attention to detail, which I think Vanessa Ives would say like, oh, I'm not a fancy dress or whatever, but she is. And she pays lots of attention to what she's wearing. Um, And one thing I noticed, too, which I didn't notice, you know, back when we watched this together in a college apartment years ago. is uh <laughs> something that i've picked up on was that she rewore a lot of clothing too which i thought was fascinating oh, yeah. because i mean it's victorian london she's not going to have like a walk-in closet with just a new outfit every day yeah so she would layer things and put coats on especially that black dress she wears all the time she would wear oh, a coat yeah. over it and you would see it underneath and it just yeah this is a master class in costuming period costuming absolutely And I kind of love when it like diverges into like a little bit of color, like that gown she wears during the seance, like, oh my gosh, like it's like just the right red for just the right amount of like drama to complement an already like over the top dramatic scene. Yeah. And I like it too because uh she feels a bit more vulnerable in that scene. And the you're talking about the first science when uh Madame Kali is there. And yes. she's wearing it's kind of like almost like a purple look, but she feels very vulnerable. She's showing her arms and a little bit of her chest, which is not yeah. something she typically wears a lot. And because you don't of that, see a lot of shoulder in this, and she's showing all the shoulder. Yeah, she's showing it all. And so so she's very vulnerable, which leads her to this possession moment. So in ways, I feel like the costumes are kind of telling a story a little bit about where she's at in her mind, which is not good. Mm-mm. Not good. <laughs> Never not good. good at all. <laughs> and you can also tell that because, like, most of the other things she wears, it's all high collar, like... I love that like kind of like charcoaly gray jacket she has that then has like the big fur collar with like the the braided detail over it. Like she's always like, gotta keep it. Yeah. <laughs> gotta keep it together. Yeah, she her her costumes are very structured in a sense where you feel like she's kind of like building an armor around herself. Yes. Because she needs in it because this... everyone wants to kill her. Yeah. Or Especially in season you can never one. tell. <laughs> you can't. You can't. But I do love that you get to see that she was not always like this. Right. In the flashbacks to uh before all the trauma kicked off, it's there's such like a tonal change for the whole show. It gets very light and airy and creamy, and she wears like a lot of white and blue. Yeah, in season one, it's lots of like really, you know pale pastels blues some pinks uh vanessa ives was you know she was very feminine and she i mean that's one of the things that drove her was she was just like exploring becoming a woman and she was very much into pink girly colors and then everything changes and it's black and dark purples from that Mm -hmm. point forward she just wanted to marry the boy next door and be a wife and (laughs) (laughs) have a family and then 
but Dracula just has to ruin everything consistently in every story. Yes. Um, <laughs> I also love, uh, we have her bestie, Mina, who's been kidnapped by Dracula. Yeah. I love her in the scenes, like, post being captured, because, like, she always looks, like, drenched in water. <laughs> like right that's interesting i was thinking that too like where is dracula keeping her where she's always <laughs> soaking wet yes <laughs> and i'm like also like it's like a white gown she's wearing this whole time but the way mm -hmm. the like colors play off it it makes it so like this like dingy gold color and it's like oh you are also not doing well she's kind of ghostly in a way where you can't tell because yeah. season one, most of it, just so everyone knows, we're talking about season one right now. We'll move forward soon. But in season one, Mina, uh, no one knows if she's alive or dead. Is she a no. vampire? What's going on? So every time we saw her in these visions, she was always wearing white, looking a little wet and disheveled. And you're like, is she dead? Or is she like, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> you know? Like, and also what happened? I couldn't help but wonder if there was a little bit of a nod to the Lucy Westenra character in Bram Stoker's Dracula, because when she's dead, she's wearing like that white kind of frilly dress. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, the one I'm talking about. I know what you're so, talking about. Yeah. Not the same character, but I mean, there's obviously a lot of Similar nods to vibe. Dracula. So I yeah. just... I definitely feel like that must have been in the Pinterest board. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> also, on the Pinterest board, must have been so many cowboys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because we have Ethan Chandler, played by Josh Harnett. You had a crush, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I was like, we have an Ethan Chandler girly in the chat right now. <laughs> we do. Uh, especially seasons one and two when his hair is long. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yes. Especially like 2010's Elizabeth was like, yes. <laughs> uh, Gabriella talked about uh, Ethan Chandler to Variety saying Josh was dressed in bright colors in the Wild West show. But that was the only situation I chose a bright color for him. The scene was meant to be a bit vulgar, but funny. Yeah. And it's like, I forgot that this was our introduction <laughs> to Ethan yeah. Chandler. It's so ridiculous. The colors are very off-putting. And like the contrast, she did such a great job with the contrast of it. Because like the white and the handkerchief he has or ascot. The it's, red, yeah. It's so bright. It almost looks like... Because he also has really bad makeup on purposely uh, because he did it himself. It looks like a weirdly colored photograph, and I love it. Yes, and it's like this faux snakeskin vest. And it's like even the jacket, it's like... It's very, like, Halloween costumey. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> feel like I could find this at, like, Spirit Halloween... Oh, yeah. Sort like, of like it's lack like a, of detail. <laughs> it's like a Ken costume from Barbie, but like the wrong colors. Yes. Uh, but then Ethan Chandler becomes like this cowboy figure. Yes. He's still American, though. So he's trying to find his place in London. So there has like an American twang to his London costumes. It, he's definitely not like full blown like cowboy but it's like, I feel like a lot of like 
the like English characters, they had a lot of like black and like more like black blue colors. He stays like very like brown green. So it's like kind of like because he's from New Mexico. So like dusty, like Midwest like colors, which I really appreciated. Yeah, it's very well done. And in season one, he gets his his girlfriend, Verona Croft, played by Billy Piper. Oh, man. Also one of my faves. One of the best Doctor Who companions ever. I did not know she was in Doctor Who, but I bet she's brilliant in that. Uh, Because she was brilliant in this. She was. That's actually one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons I watched this. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it takes. (laughs) Doctor Who connection and Elizabeth is there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She was consistently incredible in this show from beginning to end too. And I feel like, I mean, Ava Green should have not only been nominated, but won an Emmy. Yes. Uh, Billy Piper should have been nominated too. I would say. Absolutely. Especially when we get to season two, like the transformation Oh yeah. The, from like from Brana in season one to Lil, Lily end of season three. It's like that's two different characters. Very emotional too. Um, yeah. Ugh, so good. <laughs> but I love her costumes though too because she's like a centric woman of the Victorian London streets. So yeah. she's, you know, she's kind of selling herself a little bit. And to do so in a very dark, dingy Victorian London, how would you stand out? And it would be bright, vibrant colors that are kind of patched together. And I think you see a lot of that in Brona early on, which kind of translates into her gills later on in season three when she brings them all to the table. So Absolutely. I also love like the mixture of pattern Mm -hmm. with her. It's like very bold in your face. But then like you get the little details like her her jacket and like her hat. It's like they are like very detailed and it's like you can tell like she wants like nice things. Yeah. And to be like to have those like nicer things. But she's just like, well, this is what I can do. So I'm going (laughs) to do it. I feel like she could be related to Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd. Like they could definitely be sisters. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, someone who has everything he wants. Uh, we have Dorian Gray. Oh, uh, <laughs> just speechless, man. <laughs> I like. I forgot how fun his character was. I love Dorian Gray, and I've I've read Dorian Gray, one of my favorite books, and I just thought this was such a fun interesting portrayal of the dorian gray character how would they work with you know all these other wacky characters i think they did it in a very well uh man i can't talk right now they did it in a great they did a great job oh (laughs) yeah i can't talk he did good (laughs) yeah they did good they did very good (laughs) uh gabriella talked about the creation of uh, Dorian Gray to Variety saying, I did reread Oscar Wilde, but for Dorian, John Logan and I wanted to draw for more modern inspiration to create a more timeless version of the character. And you can feel that. You can definitely feel that. Yeah, it's interesting. Before we started recording, we were looking up 
one Reeve Carney who plays Dorian Gray. And we're like, where have we seen this guy from? And interesting enough, he worked on, he like composed music for Twilight Breaking Dawn. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Part two. <laughs> Which is so fascinating to me. But it, talking about making a timeless modern character, I feel like Dorian Gray feels like a like a Twilight character, you know? Yeah. Like there's something timeless about him where he fits in the period, but he could also fit in any period with his costumes. It's kind of weird, which is what's so unsettling about the character. Yeah. And especially because like he uses like a little more color. He's a little more daring in his wardrobe than like your average Victorian gentleman. And like it really works. Mm -hmm. And you, but it's, it's subtle enough that you don't think about it standing out in the world. He's just always there, just always looking good, and no one questions it. No, no. And I'm like, <laughs> they good invite for him you. to parties, and they're like, "What do you do?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't know. I just party a lot." And people are like, "I'm cool, just well, here. Don't worry about it." You're pretty hot. So, um, I would love to be invited to a Dorian Gray party. Just saying. Yeah, absolutely. They looked fun. <laughs> It looked a lot of fun. <laughs> wink, <laughs> wink. <laughs> um, who I did not have fun with, and I have a beef with these two characters, It is Dr. Frankenstein and the Frankenstein monster who later on goes on to be John Clare. Less beef with John Clare, more beef with Frankenstein. But just every time these two characters are on screen, I feel like I felt like hitting my head on my laptop <laughs> just because they're so frustrating. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, young Dr. Victor Frankenstein. Uh, Gabriella spoke to Variety about him, saying, In our version, Frankenstein is a young doctor who studies the human body, but he's not a rich man. So his clothes needed to be absolutely ordinary, which also helps to conceal the mysterious experiments he's conducting in his laboratory. He's just a regular guy who <laughs> just sucks to be around. <laughs> I'm just like, do you, like, and I'm just like, what, like, exactly what are you, are you trying to make it so no one ever dies? Like, I feel like that's the goal. Yeah. I just, but I'm like, I you're have, going about it in a terrible way. I have beef with him after season three. I was not impressed by his actions, but we'll no. get there. <laughs> we will get there. Season one, it was kind of like a pendulum. I was like, okay, Frankenstein, I'm on his team. And then, you know, John Clare talked about his story, and now I was on his team. And then and then he killed Van Helsing, and I was like, okay, back on Frankenstein's side. <laughs> like, it just kept switching. I was like, you two need to be put in jail. <laughs> well, and because, like, John Clare has the worst entrance ever because he yeah. murders the second one. In the mm -hmm. worst way possible for absolutely no reason. Yeah, I purposely fast forwarded through that part because I knew it was coming and I just knew it was going to unleash. <laughs> I knew my trauma was coming back. So I was like, fast forward. I was just like, dang. I, I will say about the costumes, it, it makes a lot of sense on Victor Frankenstein. It's he's like an ordinary guy. And unfortunately, I feel like he's most relatable to me in the sense that. I feel like I would wear this and also have to mention that there's kind of a similarity. I don't know if you see it, but I just, if I were any character, it would be Victor Frankenstein, which kind of sucks because I hate him. I mean, if you dressed up as him for Halloween, I'd know who you were immediately. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I do. I do like him because he just does not stand out in any way. No, at all. And neither does John Clare. He wears like through this whole season. I mean, he he has some some different looks, but he's pretty much only ever wearing this like very traditional like trench coat, mm-hmm. which yeah. just like lets him hide and like sneak around and like get by because that's all he's trying to do is get by. It's very impressive in the way that they were so consistent in delivering this trench coat through three seasons. And it still never <laughs> felt tired, though. No. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I thought it was great. It, he was always very covered up and trying to hide. And he needed a big collar to kind of shield himself. So, I it was a perfect choice. And also, why would why would the Frankenstein monster be going shopping? I mean, he can't even he, he go can't. outside. So, it, it makes sense. He probably just steals something every now and then. Keeps that trench coat close. (laughs) And keeps it washed, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then this series is just, it has so many great characters in it. Um, Starting with Sir Malcolm Murray. Oh, yeah. Uh, Who I really came to love after this watch through. He's just like... The ultimate dad. Yeah, he has yeah. the questionable parts in the moment in the beginning, but so does every single character in this show. So. Yeah. <laughs> so the only thing that made me mad was how mad he was at Vanessa for sleeping with Mina's fiance. Yeah. But I'm like, did you really want that man marrying your daughter if he's just going to like sleep with her bestie the night before their wedding? Yeah, that was a lot of family drama. Everyone took it pretty hard. I felt like a, yeah. li- a little rough on Vanessa, but, you know, I don't know. But what I'll say about his character, though, too, which I loved is when he, in the flashbacks, he was very kind of chill and casual. He always had, like, his his collar open because he just got back from traveling to Africa and India. Like, he was a traveler guy. But then as, you know, things start to go wrong er he really starts to get to this polished kind of dark goth dad a little bit, which I honestly goals. I want to be Sir Malcolm when I'm older. Yeah. Very much the Victorian gentleman, very much not the Victorian gentleman, but also kind of, we have uh, Mr. Lyle (laughs) who is just one of the best characters. You think so? Yeah. He's like the only one who's consistently like, Yo, Vanessa, are you okay? Are you <laughs> sure you're okay? We gotta help you. <laughs> like, I, I mean, he does have like a little bit of sketchiness. Yeah, but, he's like, kind of sketchy he comes in around, season two. Like, he knows he did wrong, and he does his best to fix it. Yeah, I don't. Know, it's I liked his character. He was funny. I just felt like he was also an an unnecessary character, I guess. But he was like. It was nice to have around. I didn't like I mean, when they hooked him up with a gun and were like, we need your help. I was like, come on, man. Like, we don't need yeah, Mr. That, Lyle. <laughs> that was a little random. I was like, mm, okay, but you know, he's there for his friends. I, d- I like him more in season three when he becomes like this person that Vanessa confides in. That was sweet. Yeah. So he grew on me by the end. But at first I was like, we don't need this character. But I do love his costumes because he's like a world traveler, right? He's a, I believe he's a Egyptologist, yeah. right? Is that, is that what you call yes. it? I'm yeah. not an Egyptologist. Because yeah. they, needed, they needed him to, 
to translate the hieroglyphics. Yeah, Egyptologist. So he has like a little bit of like a cultured, worldly look to all of his costumes, which I appreciate. Yes. And also uh, at his party where Vanessa gets possessed, we get our first glimpse at Madame Kali. Oh, yeah. Who is just doing the most in this scene costume wise. Uh, Unpopular opinion, but she is definitely one of my top three favorite characters in this show. I think Madame Kali who becomes, <laughs> of course, <laughs> whenever um, you're like unpopular opinion, I'm like, Spencer likes this one. <laughs> <laughs> Helen McCrory is, incredible. this is incredible incredible acting also should have been nominated for like a guest actress yeah. nomination she is incredible in this series uh season two is where she really shines she's kind of like in season one for a little bit i think she just ate so hard in season one that were they were like we have to write in a role <laughs> for season two for helen because she's so good at it and i miss her she we you know she passed away a few years ago and i just felt like she just had so many more great performances coming her way because she was a one-of-a-kind talent, and it shows in this show. She was so incredible. Um, also, another incredible character that I feel like did not get enough screen time at all. We did not get to know enough about him was Senbei. Yeah, I was kind of just rewatched when he, you know, we haven't got the season two officially, but when he kicked the bucket... I was kind of like, Wait, that's it? <laughs> like, we didn't get right? a backstory episode or anything, Cause, but cause whatever. I'm like, cause <laughs> through the first two seasons, he, like, drops little pieces of, like, information about himself. Yeah. And you're like, one season in the future, he's going to get a whole flashback episode. Like, he's right. one of those characters where you're like, one day they'll have a flashback episode and then they'll be, like, super, like, even more integral to the story. Right. And then he yeah. just dies. <laughs> I know. And in a pretty horrible way, too, by the way. I don't know how everyone just kind of moved on from that little fact. Um, right. But I love his uh, costumes because, you know, he works with Sir Malcolm. And you could kind of see a little bit of Sir Malcolm in the way that he presents himself, I thought, in terms of costumes. Absolutely. It's definitely like he's got like that uh, Victorian, very much like uniform and but I do love how he pairs it with that bowler hat yeah. and the <laughs> trench coat. Well, Elizabeth, that was only just season one. So we're going to take a quick little break, get our heads together, and then we're going to uh, take a glance at seasons two and three and talk about all the the costumes just keep on coming with the show. Gabriella Fescucci never took a day off. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we have a lot more to talk about. We do. We'll be right back. What's up, costume nerds? This is Spencer, co-host and producer of the Art of Costume blogcast. I love the simple things in life. 
free parking, air conditioning, and a nice comfortable hoodie. If you feel the same way, then I'm here to let you know that if you wanted to support our show, you can head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. There you can buy awesome Blogcast merch through TeePublic, such as t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and stickers. We even have a baby onesie for all those baby costume designers out there. To get your merch, head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. Thank you for all your support. Penny Dreadful. I'm very ready. I, I still have a lot of thoughts and feelings, so I'm going to try to keep it keep it <laughs> close, but <laughs> there's so much to talk about with this show. There is, because every season it just gets wilder, because starting off, we have a new-ish character, uh, Lily, formerly Brona. Yeah. She's been brought back to life by Dr. Frankenstein. Right. Which big eye roll to Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, but yeah, she, Lily really developed such a strong sense of style very quickly, I would say. Yes. And she instantly becomes like, I don't know, just her costumes are so good. She's right up there, Vanessa Ives. I mean, Vanessa Ives is always up here, but Lily's coming up close. Absolutely. And I love how she starts out because she very much starts out as like Frankenstein's ideal like woman, pretty much. Like, yeah, gross. She's soft, sweet, like very like wifey, Victorian wifey material. <laughs> yeah. And like she's got creams and whites and like these really like lovely. Uh, like dark reds and purples, uh, but starts out very light. And we also, because of this, we do get one of my favorite scenes in the series, which is when Vanessa takes Dr. Frankenstein shopping yes. for Lily, which is one of the funniest things. It's so painfully awkward, but so good. <laughs> And I, Vanessa's just like loving it. She loves how awkward he is. And she's like, I got you, bestie. Don't worry. I love when Vanessa just has moments of happiness. It makes it so, it's so much stronger when Vanessa's happy. You know, when she cracks a smile, oh, yeah. it just pierces through the screen. It's so much more tragic. Uh, as is Lily's story this whole time, because she does like start to get like more and more and more remember who she was and the feelings she once had. Yeah. Uh, but she doesn't really get there till the end. Um, who's really coming strong right out of the gate though. Uh, we have Madam Kali. <laughs> yes. We get to understand who this woman is a little bit. She's Evelyn pool is her yes. real name. And I am obsessed with her costumes. It's very, dark goth lady but she's a witch and she's like the supreme witch and you could just kind of see it she's not like wearing pentagrams and a big old t-shirt that says i'm a witch but just the way she carries herself it would raise my eyebrow a little bit and you see it in the costumes yes, absolutely and i really like uh gabriella she does something very subtle because like all of her colors are kind of in like this like green range mm -hmm. from like dark, like foresty, like when she runs in 
to uh, Sir Malcolm at the gun store to like these more like mossy greens mm-hmm. and the texture it's very much giving like oh she's like a snake like she's yeah not up to any good oh that's such a she good way to put just it slithering her way through their lives uh, right it's very questionable and yeah it's just also green i think of like the forest you know the woods witches witchcraft uh kind of like winifred sanderson you know yeah <laughs> like it's just like there's subtle notes that is like screaming witch but gabriella does it in such a masterful way that yeah uh, such a great character As- Especially with her and her daughters. The Ooh. collaboration between hair, makeup, and costume is so on point. Like, <laughs> it's so good. And she told Variety for uh, the daughters that I was inspired by the store Liberty and Company and the pre-Raphaelite painters. And it's like, yes. Yes, you were. <laughs> yes, I love the daughter. I don't know if they're actually her daughters or if she just calls them that, especially since they love to like kiss on the lips pretty often. But I yeah, guess, I you think, know, hashtag wish, which things. But yeah, um, I think he- Hecate, I think she she is her daughter. You think so? Uh, I think so. I love Hecate. She is a cool character. Um, she is. And they also her their costumes which is why it's so confusing. They do dress in the image of Evelyn Poole a little bit too. Like they do feel like a collective yeah. unit, all of these witches together. Yeah. I do also like them because they have a little bit of like a Renaissance quality to them, mm-hmm. which it's like, that's definitely something like pre-Raphaelite painters like lent into a little bit. So I see like where that inspiration comes from, especially in Hecate's like red number. Yeah. With like how it's belted and how the sleeves come down. I'm like, I feel like we could put you in like a Renaissance like show and you would fit right in. I feel it. She, this is an actress that could have worked in House of the Dragons. I don't know. Like I I see it. Still could. Yeah. Still time. Still could. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We also have some other new amazing characters in Dorian Gray's world. We have Angelique, who they are incredible. And that this is like another character. I was, I was so excited to see where they were going to go. And then yeah, yeah. So I was telling Elizabeth during the break that I didn't see much of what happened in the middle. I saw Angelique's entrance and I saw Angelique's exit. And I will just say I'm not a fan of how that played out with good old Dorian Gray. But is Dorian Gray ever up to anything good? Perhaps not. No. And he makes some really like bold decisions very quickly. Right. He was like, okay, Angelique saw my really cool portrait. (laughs) Time to get the axe. Angelique was such a great character, though. Yeah. I was, I love the costumes. Um, Angelique portrayed like this character that was very proper. And just kind of like vulnerable, but also like bright eyes for the world. I would say a little bit more brighter, cheerful. Much more like vibrant and full of life than like any other character. (laughs) Seriously, that's why I think I think that's why Angelique stood out so much to Dorian at first. He just fell in love with 
this like vibrancy in this soul also kind of still very sultry lots of reds and pinks so gone too soon i was kind of hoping for more yeah thanks a lot dorian we should we should have known what was gonna happen with season three when they were like angelique gone (laughs) i mean look dorian gray saw one lily frankenstein and (laughs) the world shifted i know and i was like (laughs) You could just tell she wasn't immortal from like over there. Like, okay, sir. <laughs> but we have more to explore with our Vanessa Ives. Um, we get some flashbacks and she takes a step away from Victorian society. And who knew Vanessa Ives has an incredible knit game. <laughs> Like, talk about fall inspiration. Vanessa Ives, season two at the Witch's Hut. (laughs) Yes, sweater season is very much in with Vanessa Ives. And she loves a scarf and a nice, (laughs) very lovely sweater. She is loving it. And I mean, this is, is this the origination of Cottagecore? She just looks incredible. Um, and cheerful, especially when you're staying with Auntie Patty Lupone's house. I mean, yes. how did they cast Patty Lupone in this role? <laughs> it's it's so weird to me, and I love it. I don't know. It works. It so works. <laughs> and I also love, I, I love, because you get some of those, like, especially with the lighting and how the lighting plays with the costume at the cottage, especially when it's just like her and Ethan there. You get these like bright tones we haven't seen since the flashbacks right. in season one. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is a place she was like truly content. But it's like she can never just keep that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Vanessa feels in control when she's at the cottage. Because when she's at the Sir Malcolm's house, like she's safe to an extent, except it gets infiltrated by vampires almost consistently and ghosts and goblins and all of the above so at this cottage that where she met her witch mentor i would say uh she feels at home here and she puts on a blue outfit for once and takes a little stroll with ethan which good for you good for her yeah oh i always forgot that like her and ethan never like never completely got there with their relationship and i'm like oh my gosh so close i mean i'll i'll talk about that a little bit when we get to the finale finale but yeah so close so close (laughs) damn it (laughs) but we have more extraordinary looks at um so i I was watching because i have the blu-ray complete series okay dreadful so i was watching (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was watching the behind the scenes and uh, Dorian's coming out ball for Angelique was known as the blood ball <laughs> while they were filming. I wonder why. The, uh, <laughs> the iconic scene there at the end. But everyone like everyone's ball where game is on point in this scene. Yeah. I mean, you know how we feel about a ball. And yeah. this this was we haven't had a ball in a minute on this podcast actually, no. so this gave me everything, and I love it because it's Vanessa's like vision, right? Is this yes. so? Typically, you would think for a a ball like this that's gonna be covered in blood. Say, take Wednesday for example. Most people would be wearing white, 
because you want the blood to stand out. But no, it's Vanessa's vision. So everyone's wearing dark colors, which makes the blood feel much more creepy because everyone just gets really dark and wet with blood. And I love it. Yeah. And it's like they don't notice it. So it's just like it just continues to drench and drench and drench. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, how many doubles did they need? I was really hoping they did not have Gabriella talk about this scene. I was hoping they would and they didn't. I was like, oh, man, Gabriella Pescucci probably has us blocked for this very scene. She knows that we have questions and she probably does not want to relive that trauma. (laughs) I'm sure she doesn't. Um, I'm sure she would tell us, though, about Vanessa's red gown. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's been a minute since we had a red dress this impressive Mm, on the mm, pod. mm -hmm. I'm right there with you, Elizabeth. Uh, She looks incredible. And I love the silhouette of it. I love how it has a little bit of like a shoulder moment. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Vanessa Ives just looks incredible. The sheer black applique. Yeah. That just like crimson red. Ooh, so and good. Again, Vanessa's kind of being a little bit more vulnerable in her look where she's showing, showing her arms, which is not a big Vanessa Ives move. And what happens? Everything <laughs> falls apart. So I think what Vanessa learned from this ball is always wearing long sleeves. Is is what you need to do. <laughs> um, I wish someone had told Lily that because she's in this adorable pale pink number. And she gets snatched up by Dorian Gray. Yeah, I mean, he can't help himself at his <laughs> Angelique's coming out ball. I know. Dorian Gray just can't help himself. But, I mean, Lily looks And incredible. Angelique is stunning in this scene. Yeah. Like, the purple. So good. Like, so good. And he's just like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also get this incredible moment when Sir Malcolm is unintentionally breaking a spell with the assistance of his ghost family. (laughs) (laughs) And I love how they did this scene because the room is like, is bright. Like he's like, you know, Sir Malcolm is his like normal self. But then like all his loved ones, they're in these like, like almost like, pale beige and like taupe tones yeah and like hair and makeup have kind of like not quite but like a little bit like it looks like like really heavy like white powder on their hair and face to just give that like ghostly but like warm it wasn't scary it was very warm they did this weird kind of like reverse grayscale thing where they made all the people yeah. almost. It reminded me of what Kate Holly did in Crimson Peak when uh, yes. Tom Hiddleston's character. Well, I guess I shouldn't say what happens to him, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a moment there where Tom Hiddleston's character looks a little bit different at the end of the movie. And it's kind of like the same kind of like a ghost, but not really. There's still life in them, but it's like in a way where it's not stark white. There's a little bit of like life and cream colors to them. And it was done really, really well. So well, Uh, but not as well. This is one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Not as well as Vanessa's vision of what life could be like with Ethan. Mm, yeah. It's so, so adorable. And it's such a direct callback to 
uh, this flashback scene when they're children and Sir Malcolm comes back from one of his expeditions, the whites, the beiges, like the little girl with the blue like accents, like it's just directly she's like, I want to relive my childhood. That's I she just wants that back. It explains everything that Vanessa like wants, which is why she goes into full possession mode anytime she has any sort of intimacy because she feels like she's like that close to being in that relationship that takes her all the way. And it, it doesn't. But it doesn't. It, that vision scene is, it, it, first of all, it's so nice seeing Vanessa Ives in white uh, because it's almost yes. like the same silhouette, but it's just like, it's more feminine and girlier and just, she just feels light and happy and you don't see that very often in a show at all. <laughs> yeah. And I love like, I love the callbacks and the kids clothes. Cause the little girl is wearing almost exactly what little, um, uh, uh, no, Mina, what little Mina is wearing, like very similar pattern, very similar cut. And then the boy is wearing something very similar to Mina's brother. Mm. Oh, like, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't catch that. Yeah, because it's like she kind of like she wants this life with this man. But <laughs> she also like kind of wants her friends back and that innocence they had. And I was like, Gabriella Pascucci was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> she had it all together. It's it's so good. It's so sweet. And it just makes me sad watching it. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it only gets worse as we head into season three. <laughs> yeah, season three is a major bummer. <laughs> uh, do you remember uh, season three? Like, I just rewatched it for probably the first time because mm -hmm. for everyone, if you watch this live back in the day, the finale was kind of a surprise. Like, I think, yeah, I think they always planned for it to end after season three. But what they didn't do is tell the audience that uh -uh. <laughs> because uh -uh. we all watched the finale and we're, our wigs were fully removed. We could not believe that it ended it the way it did. So now that I've like come back with a sober mind, I've liked season three. But back then it was traumatic. It was traumatic. And like we were talking about this earlier and you were like, I was more prepared for it this time. And I was like, yeah, I do agree with that. I'm like, OK, I see much i see the like story set up better now but i'm still like th like they introduced so many good characters mm -hmm. i'm like i feel like they still could have gotten to this end with like one or two more seasons and just like elaborated just a little bit more i don't know that's just me <laughs> i feel like there could have been one more season and i would have been fine with like season four and that's it because they were getting close to the yeah. end but they're yeah I do think that season three was great. And I think the ending was still good. But season four, because they introduced like that one character who I liked, who was like the fencer, who was Vanessa's friend at the end. Uh, like they introduced Vanessa's friend, Katarina Hardigan, who was so interesting to me. And I just felt like there yeah. was more there. She really was. Kind of, I felt like they're saying up almost like a Buffy the Vampire type yeah. storyline there you know which i kind of read about her a little bit she was based off of like loosely based off of a book but it was original character but they were, they were introducing some fun stuff like dr jekyll 
some fun stuff that I would have liked. Just a little, like, please, just one more season. A little. I know. I <laughs> would have. Uh, can we have some more? <laughs> I feel like they could have done this season almost exactly the same. But, like, at the end, they didn't, like, rescue Vanessa. And it was, like, the last season was them, like, trying to save Vanessa. Yeah. yeah and ultimately yeah. failing. Because she was never getting out of this alive. No. No, and if I think if you ask Vanessa, I didn't think she wanted to get out of this alive by the end. <laughs> I don't think she did either. And in season three, her her wardrobe takes a little bit of a turn. Um, uh, in the season three extras, Eva Green was talking about her wardrobe, and she was like. You know, by that time, I was a little sick of, like, all the dark colors. And she wanted something a little bit lighter for Vanessa because she's like, Vanessa's a fighter and she wants a better life for herself, which from, you know, that vision she had, clearly, like, she associates these bright colors with having what she wants in her life. Right. So you, we do get to see that a little bit, some more red, some more cream than she had before. Right. Um, And... Gabriella Piscucci pointed out in those extras uh, that dress she wears to go see Dracula, <laughs> like right before she chooses, where she finally says yes to him. This like uh, black and like red oh, yeah. pairing is supposed to mimic the inside of a casket. Oh, that's so dark. <laughs> Because she's like <laughs> going Gabri to her death. <laughs> I'm going to DM Gabriella after this. I need to have some words. <laughs> Excuse um, me, ma'am. <laughs> that was too dark. Um, I, on a serious note, I really loved uh, Ava Green's portrayal of Vanessa Ives throughout all of it, but especially in season uh, three. Yeah, mostly season three, just because. I mean, it's been a tough year for all of us. And I personally have been going through a lot of like depressive episodes this year. And the way that Eva Green really just, it's like a real honest conversation. I feel like about depression and, you know, just like dark times in this specific season. And they do it in a way that's very smart and talk about it organically and what it's like to just like have those moments where you don't want to get out of bed and you don't want to do things. You don't feel motivation but then through like her friendships, she finds you know, the power to get up and just do things that make her smile. Like that one scene where she's in the asylum with Mr. Claire, which is a great, great episode. She, they're just like reading poetry, just like those little moments that just like bring you back to life a little bit. I just thought it was a really great, honest portrayal. And I just, again, should have been an Emmy nomination because it was really powerful, at least for me. I was tearing up throughout the entire season. I agree. I agree. Yeah. You you really feel like you're with her. And it's like, yeah, I like, I get what you're saying. Like, oh, like you don't feel like, like so much is going on. You're like, yeah, I don't, a demon's trying to get me. My friends are gone. Like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. And I really liked the introduction of, um, what's her therapist's name? <laughs> I don't, I always just call her Patty Lapone. <laughs> um, Patty Lapone's second character in the show. Is it, uh, her last name is Seward, right? Dr. Seward? Dr. Seward. Um, yeah. <laughs> cause it's like, 
you know, even though you're going through a hard time, like go, go get some help, go like, go be with someone who's going to help you through these hard times. Yeah. The doctor says she challenges her. She says, I want you to, she, they have a really dramatic session and she says, I want you to get up right now and just go do one thing that makes you happy whatever that is just get up and do it she even was like i think in the back of her head she's thinking even if it was that sexy looking zoologist who might be dracula yeah. if you need to go on a date with him go and do it just go be you and do it <laughs> i'm like i feel like i need that scene like like saved on my phone just every now and then be look at it and be like yeah i, I yeah. should just go do something that makes me happy <laughs> yeah it's it's like very this good. sexy uh dracula zoologist which, like, I do love because, like, even when we were watching this the first time, it's like, oh, like, yeah, of course <laughs> he's the bad guy. <laughs> like, right off the bat. But, like, he's su like he's such, like, a nerdy character that you're like, but I kind of like Dracula. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's what Dracula is, right? I mean, it's very much like he's attractive. He's charming. You want to spend time with him kind of hot like all of that he's screaming dracula from the very first moment we see him and yeah. somehow you don't want to believe it but yeah no he's dracula yeah. i also i love like the little like red hints in his wardrobe mm -hmm. how i like his silhouettes and like just the overall presentation is much more like cleaner and modern than some of the other characters which kind of gives it that timeless look but almost in the opposite way of what she did with Dorian. Right. It's like, it's so streamlined that you're like, oh yeah, this person has been around for who knows how long. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad he didn't show up like as Gary Oldman with like the curly wig and a top hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which all respect too, but you know, it would have, because he's presenting himself an image that's alluring to Vanessa because Dracula is that bitch and he's always looking up to mess yes. up our heads so he knows how to do it up for vanessa and he did he does you know who also knows how to do it up spencer <laughs> <laughs> lily and dorian who really yes, go do. through quite the storyline in this season they go through like a whole vigilante phase <laughs> a little bit it's a little bonnie and clyde there for a little bit uh lily i mean her costumes in season three I mean, season two she is, is good. She is spending Dorian's money. Yeah, season three, she got the pocketbook <laughs> because she looks <laughs> so good. No wonder Dorian's really in his feels the entire season because she's yes. slipping away and he's pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, this is what Bruno wanted to dress like. Yes. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's very structured. Her sleeves are always very big and powerful. Always a little bit of sense, like she's very sensual at times, but also dark um, because she's yes. going through it in kind she's, of like a good yeah. and bad way, you know? Yeah. And she's kind of like she's finally regaining all her memories. So she's kind of like mourning her daughter again, which I feel like is why there's a lot of the black. And she's like, because <laughs> one of the big themes in Penny Dreadful is... um. Just how horrific Victorian society was to women. It's horrible. <laughs> and how much they were devalued. 
And yeah. she's very much fighting against that, uh, rightfully so, if not maybe in the best way. <laughs> I know. It's like in ways you're cheating her on every, the, throughout the whole thing. I don't know. I still felt a little bad for Dorian, just like a little bit. It's not wrong. The tiniest bit, but I'm like, also, dude, like. But what were you expecting? Like, what, yeah. What were you expecting? <laughs> And, like, maybe just go have a conversation with Lily, like, when she's alone and be like, hey, babe. Like, I know you're trying to do the Lord's work for (laughs) for the women of this city, but can we have a dance every now and then? (laughs) Right. It was so sweet, actually. I was like, oh, that's, you know, not thrilled about the way he broke up with her, which was throwing a bag over her head and tossing her in a carriage. <laughs> I feel like good luck, Frankenstein. Hope you change her attitude. <laughs> yeah. So rude. Uh, but yes, two great characters. I And I loved Dorian Gray's ending, which is I'm going to be in this place for all eternity right here doing what I do, which is staring at the wall, my portraits and dancing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I also didn't realize till that moment, like, I think all those portraits are supposed to be people he's, like, loved over the years. Yeah, people he's loved or people he's collected. I can't really tell. But either way, it's dark. A mixture of the two, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) I also love the little, the band of women they get together. Yeah, they're really kind of like what we were saying about season one. I feel like they are like almost like echoes of who Lily was in season one because they're very vibrant and kind of patched together. There's a little bit more of like a price point to them now. It's a little bit more advanced, but it's still very much like the women of the street, her kind of blending into Dorian's place. Yes, especially as Lily upgrades their wardrobe. Yeah. Which I'm also like, how much money does Dorian have? <laughs> like <laughs> The limit does not exist. No. We also get a look at a very different world uh, when Ethan is extradited back to the U.S. Man, that was crazy. And again, I was just kind of shocked again that Gabriella wasn't nominated for this season because now she's designing two locations. Yeah. I mean, this is like Westworld level costumes. Oh, yeah. So very good. It was fun seeing Ethan back in his home environment. What I was not prepared for was Logan Roy (laughs) pointing a gun at Ethan Chandler. I was not ready for that. I'm like, sir, I forgot you were in this. (laughs) Succession daddy's back and he's pissed. I also forgot Hecate was in this (laughs) season. And when she popped up again, I was like, girl, wait, what? Another unpopular opinion, I kind of shipped them together. Of course you did. <laughs> but they they were kind of good together, you know? They were like two evil forces. Yeah, doing... till, she, till she tried to turn him evil. Yeah, that part. Like if she if she had tried to like be like been like, yeah, I see like how being evil just got my mother murdered. Let me let me try to like be good and help you. Yeah. And then I probably would have shipped it. I also was kind of bummed when she just assassinated those that couple in the farmhouse. But, you yeah. know. Yeah. Unnecessary, girl. But she was hot. Um, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Jekyll was a great character. I That's yes! typically a, a literary character I have zero interest in. But I could get behind this Dr. Jekyll. 
slash becomes Lord Hyde at the end. Yeah. Like, and again, like another like missed opportunity with a character. Yeah. And I love his costuming because, again, it's like a little more streamlined. Like he's not from England. So he also has like some of those like Indian influences, mm-hmm. like especially in like not so much like the overall look, but like in the trim, you can see it a little bit. Um, so she did a good like blending of that. But also he's just like, I am a man of science. Like I don't need anything to. Yeah, I'm going to be a lord. But I don't need anything too crazy. Yeah, he's very polished and put together. Um, and then other guest characters that we loved. I love, uh, like we mentioned, Kat, Katarina Hardigan. Um, because I do feel like she kind of has... They didn't really flesh out this character fully, which is why I'm suspicious about a season four. Um, but she gives like Van Helsing Vampire Slayer, Buffy the Vampire Slayer feelings to her. She also reminded me of... I'm sure you've seen it. <laughs> Remember the movie A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? It has been forever since I've seen that movie. Oh my gosh, I forgot it existed. It's a good one. And this character reminds me of that character who's actually Mina Harker. Um, yeah. So I was oh like, oh my gosh. <laughs> right? Yeah. This character is supposed to be a vampire slayer. And that's where they were going with this character if there was I... a season four. And you know what? She, I you know what? This is what I get like. 90s goth yeah it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer that's who this character is supposed to be it's killing me (laughs) it's so good it's so good (laughs) and at the end of this all we have the costume oh man that kind of defines Vanessa Ives and Gabriella talked about it in the behind the scenes for season three. We're talking about the finale gown that's been haunting yes. my dreams for multiple years now. Too long. Uh, <laughs> Gabriella said the costumes for the finale have been the most difficult. In the end, I was a bit, bit frustrated and made both a white and black dress. I handed them over and said, you decide (laughs) both were used. And therefore I did well to make both, (laughs) which I really like that. Like, cause I, I I couldn't find an image of the black version of this gown, Mm -hmm. but it's very much like, that's like, okay. She's given herself over to Dracula. Mm -hmm. You know, she's kind of like, okay, this is the love I've been looking for but she's still wearing those dark colors. She's still, you know, not happy. And then when Ethan finds her, she's in that like creamy color that always comes back when she thinks like, when she thinks of happier times or how she could be happier. And she is like at her most miserable. She is like at the end. She's like, I can't, this is it. It's really a very sad, tragic scene uh, because it's Vanessa Ives. She's like you said, in this vulnerable state and it was, it was nice rewatching it after all these years because you expect like this epic fight scene. I knew that Vanessa was going to die, but I didn't remember how it happened. I just remember it was tragic and I knew <laughs> that Ethan Chandler had something to do with it, but I thought they were, <laughs> you know, like a Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker fight scene, but no, yeah. she, he walks in and Vanessa's like, bruh, the gig is up. <laughs> 
<laughs> that Dracula guy in another room is not cool. <laughs> and I am not moving on to season four. <laughs> like, it's very, very sad. And I just feel like, yeah, that white gown was Vanessa's way of almost just kind of just showing Ethan, like, she's not fully gone at this moment. And mm-hmm. she just has, she still has an understanding of what's going on. Um, yeah. Because if she's wearing all black, she would have been like the mother of evil. I think Ethan Chandler would have took a st- very quick step back. But the white is more inviting. Yeah. And she's like this. And she kind of like tells him without telling him. She's like, I've like made a decision I can't go back from. But with you, I am the happiest I'll ever be. So please just like give me this last moment. And let I just me go felt out. my heart break all over again. <laughs> Honestly, it's so it's so depressing. It's so sad. <laughs> oh, man, I'm but laughing so because perfect. I'm nervous. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's great. And you know, after all these years, you and I used to always complain about the third season, but now mm-hmm. with a more clear view, I thought it was a very perfect finale. I do. I appreciate it more. I'm like. I I wish it wasn't the end of it, but I get it. And like this final moment of hers is a perfect moment. Like if you could just submit individual scenes to the Emmys and be like, oh, best scene in a drama. I'm like, this would have won. That and any time Ava Green was in a possession or like in the asylum scenes, those are, I mean, think of the emotional t- the emotional toll it took to be in those scenes when she had, you know, like the mouthpiece on and headpiece on yes. and scratching the walls and speaking in tongues. It was, mm-hmm. it's so impressive. And it Elizabeth, is. I am so glad that we got to watch Penny Dreadful because it has been an absolute treat. Such a treat. And I really liked what Gabriella said about the project as a whole. Uh, She said, I really enjoy the richness that exists in each episode. That is the marvelous thing about this job. And it's like, yeah. 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 I get it. I mean, it's very detail oriented. It was, I'm glad if they were going to write a season four and it was going to be garbage, I'm glad they ended it where it did because it ended on such a high note. Um, yeah, it was a perfect season, perfect series. I'm so glad you and I got to talk about it. Also, I have in my notes one more jab at Frankenstein. His character was absolute <laughs> trash in season three, and he could go fuck himself. It's horrible. <laughs> I did not like him at all. I just could he, not believe yeah. the season-long tantrum he was having with Lily. It was so <laughs> tacky. I hated it. No, all love to the actor, but as a character, Victor Frankenstein, tomato, tomato. Yeah. No, it's so bad. When he's like... Because it, it was that whole, like, oh, you're not behaving the way I want to, so therefore there's something wrong with you, Victorian mentality. And the way she had to, like, shove it in his face to be like, there is nothing wrong with me was ridiculous. Right. There was, like, four different episodes where she straight up said to his face, like, "Your our love together is not real. It's imaginary. It's in your head. I don't love you like that. Like, please leave my property before I have you executed. And he was like, all right, I'll try again tomorrow. It's like, no, (laughs) stop. (laughs) It's like, sir, it is over. Please. Even even 
Mr. Claire moved on <laughs> and went yeah. on about his life. <laughs> Mr. On. Claire got the message when she was like, absolutely no. And he was like, I'm not happy, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get on. <laughs> I'm just going to go leave. Oh, man. Um, and that brings us to the end of Penny Dreadful. It's been a yes. little bit of a longer episode, but we just had a lot of thoughts and feelings. We had three seasons to get through. Yeah. Come on. Give us a break. <laughs> We've been watching for three weeks. So you will listen to this <laughs> hour long episode. <laughs> Absolutely. But before you go, Spencer, should we play our favorite game? We shall. Daniel, you know what to do. The one costume to rule them all. Spencer. What was your one costume to rule them all? Uh, mine was actually very easy. I picked it almost immediately and I picked it in season one. And after seasons two and three, I still stuck with it. It is Vanessa Ives uh, season one dress that she wears pretty much throughout the entire season. But she layers on top of it. It's that black, just perfect dress with that really interesting type of like lace on top of it with the black neck it is just yeah. so interesting and to me that's just that's vanessa ives if you were to detail this character it's i've seen pictures of this dress a hundred times and it just says everything about this character and i love it absolutely i also think that's one of the first costumes you think of when you think of her character i think of the show and all together i think of that yeah dress. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, this one was like a very hard one for me. Yeah, you haven't submitted your your answer yet. It's been I a, know. a week and I I keep checking our notes to see what Elizabeth's is. <laughs> That's because I just decided, because quite frankly, it was between this, the finale dress, and I have chosen the finale dress. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good one. It, it's <laughs> this dress is burned into my memory. Exactly. I'm like, it's it's like her final form. It is. It says everything about her character, mm -hmm. and it's just like, also just like the shapes it makes. Yeah. Incredible. It's it's Incredible. like a mother of evil silhouette, but Vanessa Ives is still in there trying to just. Have one more moment with Mr. Yes. Chandler. <laughs> yes. Oh. oh. Ah, so good. Ah, so good. <laughs> uh, if you would like uh, to let us know your one costume to rule them all or just your thoughts about Penny Dreadful, uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 626-515-1826. Or email us at theartacostume at gmail.com. And Spencer, <laughs> what are we watching next week? I'm very excited about next week's episode. And I have not watched it yet. And everyone's going to freak Which out. Which blows my mind. I cannot <laughs> believe this. I have never seen this movie. Um, it was designed by one Colleen Atwood. So already I should have seen it. Um, it is Sleepy Hollow, another spooky season classic. And for some reason, yes. I've never seen it. I feel like I've seen clips of it at like the laundromat, but I've just never sat down and done it. So I'm really excited. 
It's Colleen Atwood. It's Tim Burton. It like it's all the <laughs> ingredients to a Spencer meal. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I like when you said that. I was like Spencer. Even I have seen this. Like... I know. I don't know. It's just I haven't done it, but I'm excited. And once I kind of we planned Sleepy Hollow, honestly, like last year. So mm-hmm. I just the for the past year, just I'm gonna watch it for the podcast. I've been waiting, so I'm excited. I'm gonna do okay. it. And I can't wait. And I'm sure there's with a Colleen Atwood film. I'm sure there's all a whole bunch of great costumes to talk about. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If you love this episode, make sure you follow us throughout the week for some fun clips and let us know your thoughts. You can follow us at Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod on TikTok at the Art of Costume, where I post little clips on TikTok so you can see us laughing and crying, especially this episode. Lots of laughing and crying. Uh, don't forget to go to our merch store, theartofcostume.com slash podstore. Uh, don't forget to leave us a five-star text review on Apple Podcast. And just one more note I wanted to add. Uh, you heard from the last episode recently, our friend, costume designer Shauna Terpsik passed away, which was um, very sudden and tragic and been pretty hard for us to process. Um, I've talked about it quite a bit. But if you could please uh, donate, uh, there is a fund on GoFundMe for her two children. Um, so I'd appreciate any help you guys can. That link is in our show notes as well. Yeah. And Elizabeth, I am so excited to watch Sleepy Hollow. I honestly might go do it right now. So I love this for you. <laughs> Everybody have an incredible and spooky week. And don't resurrect any any bodies from the morgue <laughs> just it's not a good idea don't do it don't do it <laughs> great week everybody the art of costume blogcast is hosted and produced by elizabeth joy glass and spencer williams our audio engineering and editing is done by dan white follow us on instagram at the Art of Costume Pod, or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. Recording on Zoom. Okay. In three, two, one, snap. It's getting harder and harder to snap. I think I'm getting... Oh, my snap was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the changing weather or... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my hands are like very dry right now. Maybe like that's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> you have like those Dumbledore hands, you know, when he's yes. destroying all the horcruxes. <laughs> They're all black and rotted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got like trench hand. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs>